Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Best friends forever. Fantasy, best friends forever. Hour number two underway. Fantasy best friends forever. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Frank Stample, Greg Sussman joined once again. For the closer, Chris Venture. What's up, Chris? What's up, guys? How you doing? It's your boy, the closer, back from the weekend uh, in the fantasy and NFL draft. Yeah, you uh, welcome back. Good to have you back. Yes. Uh, I missed it yesterday. Also joined once again, just as we were last Friday, by the fantasy Taz Jim Day. Jim, what's going on? Hey guys, how you doing? Uh, happy uh, Tuesday to you. I forgot what day it was for a second there. <laughs> yeah, happy Tuesday to you as well. We wanted to bring Jim on again because. Uh, we did our Daniel Jones stuff. We kind of went over the first round, but the second and third and fourth and fifth and so on, those were the rounds that we're going to find the next, I don't mean this in the negative connotation, but the next Kareem Hunt, a, a guy that's going to morph into a first-round pick uh, in fantasy football. The next Cooper Cup, who's going to be very, very reliable for fantasy drafts. And I wanted to bring Jim on, and we wanted to talk to Chris uh, about fantasy football because there are so many uh, different ways that these rookies are going to be able to help you, where they'll be valued and where they uh, should be valued are two different questions. I want to start off, though, with Josh Jacobs with you, Chris, because on Friday you had told us that you believe Josh Jacobs uh, is a second-round pick. You believed In fantasy, of course. He's a first-round pick in real life. Yes. You believe that Josh Jacobs was a second-round pick. You would take him before Leonard Fournette. You believe wholeheartedly in Josh Jacobs. After the weekend, do you still feel the same way? Yeah, I think uh, like late second, early third, I would pull the trigger. Maybe, you know, for some people that's a reach, but the, the Raiders don't have running backs right now. Uh, he is the guy. They drafted him in the first round for a reason. He's going to be their guy. And I think a lot of being a productive fantasy running back has to do with opportunity. Uh, and he's going to get a pretty good opportunity out of the gate. And it's not like the Raiders are, you know, anemic offensively everywhere else. They got Antonio Brown now. They, you know, Carr's still there, obviously. Um, you know, they got, they got other weapons besides, you know, Josh, Josh Jacobs. So, and the offensive line is still pretty good. So I think that, that, that he could do damage on, on Oakland. I think he could actually have a really productive year and be an RB2. A solid RB2. Jim, you didn't wholeheartedly disagree with Chris. You had him a little bit lower, just like you had Leonard Fournette lower. Um, what do you think of Josh Jacobs, given that you've had the weekend to think about it now? Look, it, you know, he, like Chris said, he landed in a good spot. Oakland needed, you know, basically a three down back, and that's what he's going to get him. And yeah. The thing with Jacobs for me is that, you know, he's just not a big overall talent. I mean, there's more talented running backs in this draft class than Jacobs. He just happened to land in a really good yeah. spot. And, you know, like Chris said, with Brown on the outside, Tyrell Williams on the other side, you know, they got weapons to stretch the field to keep defenses honest. That's going to play into Jacobs' hands. So, you know, Jacobs, to me, 
right now he he is in you know if you're doing a dynasty rookie draft for me he's either pick two or pick three and it really just depends on on you know who else you like more than Jacobs for me I think there's a couple of running backs on the board I like a little bit more but again Jacobs did land in a very good spot yeah probably the best spot out of all the running backs all the other running backs that landed oh I don't know if I so I don't know if I agree with that we're going to talk about that okay. here uh, on the show is Josh Jacobs the first rookie running back off the board in fantasy football, Frank? Yeah, I'll say so. Okay. Uh, I think he landed in a pretty good spot. It wouldn't surprise me if they maybe for the first half of the season work Isaiah Crowell in a little bit because we've kind of seen that with rookie running backs. Like on Johnson last year, we all wanted him to be a thing right out of the gate. and Still they had, do. They had a few other, they had a few uh. other uh, names there on the roster, a few other mouths to feed, and Ultimately, uh, once he started getting the opportunity to get you know fifteen to twenty touches, he was he was dominating for fantasy, and that was awesome to see from Carryon Johnson. But I could see Isaiah Crowell working a little bit here in maybe in the first half of the season, early on in the season, which could be frustrating for fantasy. I think he's probably closer to a mid to low end RB two rather than like the high end RB two, which I agree with like, you. Like Ventra is, yeah. But I think it's, I think it's going to be like the way that people feel about him is kind of going to be all over the map. Like the people who really buy into Josh Jacobs and his talent, and they don't think that Isaiah Crowell is going to have a role in this offense, and they're not worried about that. I don't think Crowell is going to have yeah. a role in this offense. I'm a sorry, I can't role. get behind him at all. He's <laughs> had his chances. <laughs> I, I, I'm not defending the guy. I don't think that he's great. I mean, I just watched him this past year with the Jets. Yeah. Actually, you know, holds the franchise record for most yards in a, most rushing yards in a game, in a game. for the Jets. Uh, but I don't. I don't the think he's very good. good. Game he had all year. But they signed him for a reason. You know, they they wanted some kind well, of veteran backup here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they need depth. But overall, um, I still think that he's going to have somewhat of a role. Like even if he just steals goal line, that would be really frustrating for fantasy. But what, so, but what from his past makes you think he's good enough to steal the goal line? He's never shown that. You know, one year with well, the he's had that role before in Cleveland, where you know uh, it, it one, would be him on early downs and him on goal lines, and then they would use Duke Johnson as a pass catcher. Yeah, so that's because Duke me. Johnson wasn't that kind of back. Josh Jacobs can give him that goal line stuff. And I, man, I, I just I don't disagree I have no with faith you, Jim. in Crowell at all. I right. don't disagree with you. But the Raiders might have some thing, faith in this him. This happens you know? way too often where we want something to happen and we kind of talk ourselves into it, but just because we want it to happen doesn't mean that it's going to. Because it seems like every year, Greg, we want a young running back to kind of take over. And how long did it take Aaron Jones to to finally get like a full workload? We, you know, there are always things that we want to happen. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like mm-hmm. it would be awesome if right out of the gate, Josh Jacobs is getting fifteen to twenty touches a game. I would love that. Right. For fantasy, mm-hmm. we would have another you know workhorse running back, and then then he would probably be worth a third round pick. But can I confidently say mm-hmm. right now on April thirtieth that that's going to happen? No. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know come closer to the season if they give any. If they give out indications or he's having like a monster preseason, then yeah, maybe I can get behind it. Right. But as of now, I think Crowell is going to have a small role in the offense, and Jalen Richard is still going to be the pass catcher. So, right, I well, just don't yeah, know that Jacobs can catch. Jacobs I, can I catch. agree with you on that. Jalen Richard going to have his role. I agree with that, but it won't be as big a role as last year because Jacobs can catch. Yeah. And the good thing about that is that when you have him on the field, the defense doesn't know they're going to a pass. As soon as you put Jalen Richard on the field, defense is pretty much assumed there's a pass coming. So mm-hmm. having Jacobs back there as both a runner and a passer can give them a little bit more flexibility with what they want to do on the offense. He's also a pretty good pass blocker, so he, he's well-rounded. Uh, and the other thing is, like, Aaron Jones is, is a tough example because hey, he also had to compete. well-rounded? 
<laughs> yes, I called you. Well. To get here, man. You all well rounded. Uh, that's a good thing. <laughs> uh, but what I was saying is like Aaron Jones had to compete with Jamal Williams and, and Ty Montgomery at the beginning. You know what I mean? So he had another rookie to compete with, and he had a pretty good running back out of Montgomery who had a good year the season before, when, before Jones came. So that was a lot of tough competition there. Mm-hmm. There's not much tough competition here. You know, Crowell is, is one-dimensional. Rashard's one-dimensional in what they do. And Josh Jacobs is well-rounded all around. Like, he could do all the things they do, but maybe better. So he's going to get a good shot, I think, at some point. I mean, look at, um, who was it? Oh, Jordan Howard, his rookie, right? He didn't get the shot right away. But once somebody's faltering after a couple games, Howard was right in there very soon. And he's a, he was like a third-round pick or something like that. So this is a first-round pick. I think he's going to get his opportunity sooner rather than later. You might be right. Early on, it might be like a 50-50 between him and, uh, you know, Crowell and, and whoever else and Richard. But he'll get at least 50% of the touches, I think, right away. I agree with that. Yeah. I just think, you know, for those first couple of weeks, maybe the first month, it could be a little frustrating. But once right. he gets the opportunity, I think he could work really well, obviously, with that opportunity. They have Antonio Brown. So uh, they're going to be able to get into the red zone a little bit more this year, and they'll have more scoring opportunities. I think that's fair to say regarding the Raiders' offense. I wanted to bring this up to both of you guys because I've seen kind of mixed takes regarding Josh Jacobs and the fact that he hasn't been a workhorse running back in college. He was, you know, splitting time with Damian Harris and some of these other guys at Alabama. Now, do you see that as a good thing or a bad thing? Because I can kind of make the argument for both. He hasn't handled a full workload before, but he also doesn't have tread on the tires. But that's that's the thing coming into the drafts, right? Like, you kill him because he hasn't. We haven't seen it before, yeah. and we kill him for having too much tread on the tires. There's no winning. I, I don't think you could kill somebody for having too much tread, uh, too little, or too much tread on a tire in college. We've well, oh, we've remember, seen that over and over, Lassie dude. Ball, dude, my hundred percent was hundred percent. But then again, and, and didn't but give anything. then again, so was Melvin Gordon. Yeah, and Melvin Gordon's been great. Right. Yeah, but he's been he's also been a little injury prone too. He's been really good though. Yeah, he has been really good. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, so I, I wanted to open that up to you guys. You, because me personally, I land on the side that I think the fact that he doesn't have that much wear and tear is actually better for his long term NFL future. I mean, Barkley had a ton of wear and tear in college. He ran a lot in college. He's and also he, probably he's also the, the most best. physically yeah. gifted running back yes. out of college since Adrian. In years, yeah, yeah, in years. You're right. But but at the same time, I don't think it really affects. Like, it's, when you're in college, you're a young kid. You're resilient. Your, your body comes back quicker than most. Tread on the tires in the NFL career is a different story. Once, you know, you become a certain age and you have a certain amount of mileage, then it becomes a problem. But I think coming out of college, that's not a big deal. I'd be more worried, actually, like you said, about him having not enough touches. Uh, but I think from the touches that he did have, you could see why he, you know, he could obviously be a, a well-rounded, full workhorse back. Uh, the thing is, it's a little bit of a guessing game because you don't have a real full sample size to work with. So I understand what you're saying. That's probably why he didn't go earlier in the first round, too. But that's, that's part of the reason. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, I kind of trust him. I think he'll be fine. I think once he gets a full year under his belt, he'll be fine. Jim, yeah. what do you think? Well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm with you on both sides. You, you can make a case either way, but we just don't know at this point. So I'm going on the fact that they went out and got the running back they wanted in the first round. Um, and that's another reason why I'm not worried about Crowell. Crowell was brought in in case they couldn't get a running back in the draft that they wanted, but they did. They spent a first-round draft pick on him, so there's plenty of draft capital there, and they're going to give him every chance to succeed right out of the gate. So that doesn't bother me at all. And, and look, this is a kid who was supposed to be the backup on his, his college team and you know took that starting job pretty quickly uh, away from Damian Harris and, and really became that go-to guy for them uh, 
fairly early on a great team. So, you know, I don't really worry about that. I think he's got a lot of talent. I don't think he's over-the-top type talented like a Gurley or Barkley or anything like that. But this guy, if you give him, you know, 250 to 300 touches a year, he's going to be a fantasy dynamite player. You mentioned Damian Harris. I wanted to get, get into him next. He was Josh Jacobs' teammate in college. And I actually really liked Damian Harris uh, when he got to Alabama. Josh Jacobs did take several touches, or certainly more than several touches away, uh, from Harris, who lands with the Patriots in what's a similar role, I would think, guys, uh, to Sony Michelle. And I didn't really understand the draft pick by the Patriots because you have Sony Michelle who performed very, very well in the playoffs. Yep. You have James White whose usage is only going to increase without Rob Gronkowski. Right. And then you have Damian Harris. Where does where does his role fit, Chris? And is he worth taking a flyer on on draft day? I, I'd say he's worth taking a flyer late in the draft, but no, I don't no, think. I, yeah, I don't no. think he's gonna. Well, I'm saying a flyer, like <laughs> like last, like you know, I would draft him in the last rounds, the last couple of rounds, because. I don't see him touching the ball. Uh, if Sony Michelle stays healthy the whole year, he's the he's the you know the first and second the early down back, and then you have James White as your pass catcher. I honestly think the receiver they got, which we'll, I'm sure we'll get into, certainly will be way more valuable this year. But um, you know, it kind of stinks because he could be someone that is valuable if he got the chance. But I don't. I just don't see him getting the chance in New England. There's two really good running backs ahead of him in the depth chart, and I just don't think he's going to see it. Obviously, the Patriots have battled injury concerns at the running back position over the past several years. There's certainly, it looks like a depth uh, selection there. Right. How come you don't like Damian Harris, Jim? Well, just because of that fact. Once again, you know, we bring in another running back to once again muddy the waters in New England yeah. so that we don't know who to freaking draft come fantasy time. Uh, it's simple as that. I mean, James White had a fantastic start to the season, but really came down a lot at the end, second half of the season. Sony Michelle, when he was on the field, was great, but he missed time for injury. Definitely been a concern with him. And that's why they I think they brought in Harris in case Michelle goes down. Again. Right. But don't forget about Rex Burkhead, who they seem to love. Um, you know, once again, it just muddies the waters even worse, you know, to a situation that we thought at one point last year, we thought they finally had under control with Michelle and White. And then, of course, Michelle got hurt and everything went out the window. Yeah, I, I would say he's one of the better handcuffs. That's. Like, if you're going to, in the draft, in fantasy draft, I'd say he's one of the better handcuffs you could get. I think that's probably a good way to label him right, right. now, which is unfortunate because I think he's a really talented right. player. Uh, but, you know, does this speak more to, do they worry about Sony Michelle's durability, or is it just like a Patriots depth pick? Like, I think he was a Patriots. best available player. It was a value pick, I think too. It was, I think uh, it was a value pick. I think pick they're they worried about Sony Michelle's durability, to be honest. This isn't a, you know, a first-time thing with him. He's had injury issues, mm-hmm. um, and he has a hard time staying on the field. I think he gives him you know, depth at that position if Michelle goes down. And based on Michelle's history, I think that's a pretty good bet that way. But for fantasy, you're going to need a Sony Michelle injury for him to have any fantasy value. Yeah, I lean closer to what Jim's saying here. Just, um, you know, they, they drafted Sony Michelle in the first round last year. Like, why do you draft a running back in the first round last year and then you take a running back – in the third round this year. So it kind of speaks a little bit to how they feel about Sony Michelle. And we do have some early fantasy football ADP data. And sure. Tony Michelle is going at the end of the third round. So you have to invest pretty highly in him. I mean, he, I mean he's awesome. You're getting No, he is. He's when, awesome. When he was yeah. on the field last year, like Jim was saying, we had that stretch. It was like four, five, maybe six weeks in the middle of the season last year. Also the playoffs. Where Sony Michelle, he was great in the playoffs. Sony Michelle was Awesome. Early downs did his role. James White did his thing, caught a bunch of passes. He was still scoring touchdowns, too. They were both awesome together. 
And then towards the end and of the then season, Belichick did his thing and gave Devlin the touchdown runs. Or as exactly. or, or Jake Sealy would say, the Bellatrix. The Bellatrix. Yeah, but yeah, then yeah. Uh, Devlin gets involved, <laughs> and then Rex Burkhead gets involved. But Tony Michelle, the last thing you remember is him scoring all these touchdowns in the playoffs. So do they have more faith in him this season? So there's like, uh, as usual, there's a lot of moving parts with the New England Patriots. Because me personally, I would have thought after what they saw from him in the playoffs, they're like, all right, they're getting ready to like. They're, they're handing it all over to Sony Michelle. Like, they're going to run the offense through him. It's going to be him and James White. And that's the last thing that I remember, him scoring a ton of touchdowns in the playoffs. But then they draft Damian Harris in the third round. So it's I, where do they yeah, really it stand? Like, it wasn't look like they used a first round or even a second round pick to get a running back. So, you know, I mean, third round pick, not really a, a lot, a, a huge amount of draft capital right. at that point. And it was a value pick. And I think, you know what I think it is? New England's starting to go towards this run-heavy offense because Brady's getting older, and in the playoffs, they ran a lot. I don't know if you I... need running back. I don't know that. if I agree with that's why they ran a lot. They ran a lot to keep the ball away from the teams right. they were facing the playoffs. That's the thing. They, they can't keep up like a Chiefs at that time, so they want to no. kill clock. Correct. Right. And remember, though, Belichick, what he does is very game plan specific. He has his overall game plan, the way they play, but it changes week to week, and that's why you have to be always prepared when it comes to James White and with Sony Michelle. Mm-hmm. There's a couple more running backs that I want to get to, including what the Eagles did on draft day. We'll break that down when we come back here on the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Lose weight now. Go to fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's fat100.com. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 network today. We'll get them off your back. 800-961-3631 Game Time Decisions Okay, I'm usually sort of uh, I'm kind of on top of pop culture and stuff but Game of Thrones is something I missed out on and I'm not taking a pot shot at him. I'm like, ooh, people watch Game of Thrones. Hey, people like it, they like what they like. I was so out of the loop. I was on Twitter and I saw trending GOT and I actually thought I was like, damn, Go Train's out of service again. (laughs) GOT, GOT, Game of Thrones. Weekdays, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
Fantasy BFFs, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Chris, Jim, Frank, and I hanging out, talking some fantasy football with you now that the 2019 NFL Draft is completed. I mentioned running backs. Uh, we spoke about the Alabama guys, Damian Harris and Josh Jacobs. Two other, I guess, running backs really stood out to me. And they all kind of revolve around each other, and that's what the Patriots, what the Eagles and the Chicago Bears did. Remember, earlier this offseason, the Bears traded away Jordan Howard to Philadelphia. So Philadelphia now has Jordan Howard, Corey Clement, Wendell Smallwood, and Miles, well, and the who, new guy, there's somebody else there too that I'm forgetting. Ajayi's not there. He's that's, that's not him. It's yeah. somebody, Josh Adams. Josh Adams. There you go. That's it. Josh Adams and Josh Adams. They got all those guys there. And then, I believe, traded up in the first round for, um, for Andre Dillard. And now, they wound up getting Miles Sanders a round later. Miles Sanders is the first back that has been taken even close to this early in the Howie Roseman, Doug Peterson era. It has been a fantasy wasteland forever at running back for Philly. We wanted to trust Jay Ajayi. We wanted to trust Josh Adams. Darren Sproles still could be back with Philadelphia. But both Philadelphia and Chicago make investments in this draft at the running back position as they are looking for a back to rely on. Frank, I can't imagine that Philly would spend a second-round pick on a guy like Miles Sanders unless they plan to use him in a major role. What kind of role could that be? And what kind of investment should fantasy players make? So you use the term major role, and to me it's, what does that mean for the Philadelphia Eagles? Because a major, he might play a major football role for this team, but is he going to have a major role for fantasy? Probably not. Because they traded for Jordan Howard and they still have all these other guys. I do agree that they used a high pick on this guy. So the the draft pick they used, the, the pedigree is here regarding Miles Sanders and out of Penn State, he, he took over uh, the Penn State running back job after Saquon Barkley was drafted. They clearly like him to use a pick this early in the draft on him. But as long as Doug Peterson has been the coach of the Eagles, they haven't relied on just one guy, no matter who that guy is. Ryan Matthews the past couple of years, uh, LeGarrette Blunt, uh, Jay Ajayi, last year you know, with Josh Adams. Like, the leading rusher on this team had 120 carries. Yeah. And that's pretty much been the case as long as Doug Peterson has been the coach of the Eagles. So maybe he has a slight role this year, six to eight, maybe six to ten touches. Like if there's injuries involved, uh, you, you know, he could catch passes. He can do a little bit of everything. Right. But overall, I just think the fit with the Eagles, like he probably helps them more for a real life purpose than fantasy, and, and serves his purpose on that team more so than he does for fantasy football. Yeah. And that's pretty much how I've always felt about Eagles running backs. And I don't really see why it would change under Doug Peterson. This is, this is all he's ever shown as venture. Right, right. Yeah, no, they do it by committee. Uh, and I understand that. But I think why they do, what I would say is that Josh Adams, Corey Clement, and Wendell Smallwood. Adams and I think Smallwood are going to be like pretty much non-existent now with the Sanders draft pick. Because I think he's going to be the complement running back to Howard. They're going to use both of them. They're going to split carries or whatever the case may be. Maybe Clement gets involved in the passing game a little bit, but 
That's going to be the role. That's why they drafted Sanders. They wanted somebody to compliment Howard because Howard's a one-dimensional, run first, up the middle, north to south type running back. So they wanted somebody a little bit more versatile to compliment them. They want their running backs to do a lot of different things for them. And they want them also to stay healthy the whole season and maybe play in the playoffs. This is real football thinking. You know what I mean? They wanted the depth because they probably didn't like what they saw from all the guys they, that, that replaced Ajayi when he got hurt last year. Adam Smallwood had good games, but he also had terrible games. Clement was basically a pass catcher, and uh, what's his name? And Josh Adams did well at times, but he also floundered uh, later in the season as well. So it's like they wanted to make sure they get a good running back, maybe a running back for the future too. Maybe Howard's just a, a temporary solution until Sanders becomes their full-time running back. Jim, what do you have on Miles Sanders? How do you feel about him? I like Miles Sanders. I think he's a damn good back, and you know, I think he's going to become a mainstay in Philly. Look. As of right now, um, I'm pretty sure they haven't signed Howard to a new contract, so he's a free agent in 2020 right. if they don't. Mm. Um, both Clement and Smallwood are both free agents in 2020. So, again, it, this is Eagles thinking a year ahead, whereas everybody else is trying to play catch-up. You know, something they've always done is they draft ahead of need as opposed to drafting when the need hits. And, you know, this is a great signing for them. Same as with their left tackle, Andre Dillard, that they got, you know, that Jason Peters is one of the best left tackles in the game, so he's not going to supplant him. But Peters is, you know, what has he got? One year left, maybe two, but probably only one. He's injured a lot. He's um, so, again, they're drafting ahead of need, and that's what they're doing here with Sanders. They're looking at, you know, if he can become that go-to back, I think they're going to try and give him every shot. I do think Howard is going to have a role in this in on this offense. Should be the early down back at least to start the season. Should be the goal line back to start the season. But if Sanders can get any kind of momentum here, don't be surprised if for the first time since Doug Peterson took over this team, they have a bell cow back. It seems like more of a long-term kind of decision yeah. that the Eagles are making here. You know, the past couple of years, they've had their early down grinder, their, you know, their, goal, line, their, their goal line back. You know, it's been LeGarrette Blunt, it's been Ryan Matthews, and it seems like Jordan Howard's basically yeah. just going to be pushed right into that role. Early downs, he'll score touchdowns. Uh, he's not going to catch any passes no. at all. He might, you know, if they, if they're, if they're, it's going to be game flow dependent. If there's a game where they're winning a lot, you know, maybe he gives you 15 to 20 carries. If they're playing from behind, maybe we see some more of Miles Sanders, some more, you know, Corey Clement on the field. Because I do think that Miles Sanders can do a little bit of, li- Both, a little yeah. bit more of everything, obviously, mm-hmm. than a guy like Jordan Howard can. But it just seems like it's been so frustrating. Outside of Belichick, the past couple of years, the Biggest committee yeah, approach outside of Belichick has been Doug Peterson and the Eagles the past four or five. Seasons. I don't blame him though. He but hasn't had great. He hasn't had great running backs. They, yeah. won, they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. He's been successful yeah, I, doing it. Why would he go away from it? Right. I will say this: I do believe Sanders is the best back now on that team. Yeah, probably. I don't dispute that. Yeah, I don't dispute that. So we, he'll be. We've the had some back. really talented running backs on the Eagles roster before. So that's just you know I I pause a little bit more. It sounds like. Uh, Jim really, really likes the talent of, of of Miles Sanders here, and he's willing to invest a little bit more. I just think it's more of like a, a long-term answer. Maybe in like Keeper Dynasty, you're a little bit more aggressive on him. I just don't know how much he's going to do this year, Jim, in redraft, unless, oh, no, as you no, mentioned, I, like, I agree. A, like I'm an not, injury yeah, strikes I'm not, with Jordan Howard. I'm not arguing that, but I will say this. If he gets off to a good start and he gets hot, then I could see them going to him. But you're right. In redraft, you got to be a little skeptical. Uh, just because the other guys are on the roster, if they let all three of those guys walk next year, Sanders could be walking into a great place, yeah. which is why Dynasty. I love him in Dynasty. Exactly, yeah. And Howard's stock also drops 
I don't think anyone wants Ray Lewis. No, no one wants Jordan Howard. I know, but I, but yeah, like Howard stock used to be good. Jordan it's Howard, dropped but heavily. Jordan Howard last year had like 20 less fantasy points than he had the year before when everybody loved right. him. Right. You know, it, it wasn't like he had a terrible outcome, but he was inconsistent. a terrible year. Tell me about it. But, you know, a lot of it. There were a lot of running backs that were inconsistent last year. Oh, yeah. Well. <laughs> now, the other side of that is Jordan Howard's former team, the Chicago Bears, who spent an early round draft choice on David Montgomery. And general manager Ryan Pace said, well, listen, this is the first three-down running back that we have had here. Which, oh, I'm sorry, Ryan Pace didn't say that. The head coach, Matt Nagy, said that. This is the first three-down running back that we have had here, given that Tariq Cohen doesn't play three downs, given that Josh Howard does not play three downs. Now, does that hurt Tariq Cohen's workload? Maybe. Does that increase my interest in David Montgomery? Definitely. Jim, I want to start with you. How interested are you in David Montgomery? Uh, Montgomery is another one I like. You know, first round pick in, in a dynasty, first pick in a dynasty draft. Right now, I'm leaning heavily towards him. I think he landed in a great situation. Uh, they're already talking about Tariq Cohen not getting as many touches because they like this guy to be a three down back for them. Um, you know, I was hoping Mike Davis might get some of that early work, but with him in there, I can't really see that happening. Davis is just going to be you know, bench guy that, you know, comes in when needed. So I really like him. I, I love where he landed. And I think, you know, he, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he ends up this season and possibly his career as the best running back out of this class. Hmm. I, I don't know. I think that this, obviously this makes so much sense for the Bears. This is replacing Jordan Howard, probably a better future running back than Jordan Howard. He could do both. Um, and, but he's a big back. He's the North to South runner type guy. Uh, but also shifty, you know, he could, he, could, he could do his thing. But they, I think they still want, like, I don't see how you could go away from Tariq Cohen still not getting a majority of the pass-catching work because he's just so good in that role. He was fantastic last year, Tariq Cohen. And he was basically a pass-catcher. He'd get some runs and stuff, but he's not, a, he's not that type of runner. He's not going to run between tackles. He's too small. He's just too small. So I think you're going to see a lot of that. It's going to be Montgomery, early down work. I think he's obviously a better option than Jordan Howard, so I would like him better than Jordan Howard, but I think he fits in type of a similar role. Maybe he gets more touches overall. And then you got Cohen. He's still going to do his thing, Cohen, I think. I wouldn't shy away from Cohen at all. I still think he's going to be a valuable asset in the offense. What is the early ADP telling us, Frank? Yeah, so Tariq Cohen is actually a player that people have been uh, really aggressive on so far uh, to start the year. Like, I've seen some mock drafts where he goes in, like, the third round or something. Like, it, it seems like, you know, people are being really aggressive with Tariq Cohen. Now, I think that this is going to put um, this is gonna put some cold water on this, obviously, with, uh, with David Montgomery coming in here. You know, his player comp that I've heard people talk about is Kareem Hunt. Now, does that surprise you that Matt Nagy, former offensive coordinator of the Kansas City yep. Chiefs, who was with the team when they drafted Kareem Hunt, does it surprise you at all that they draft a, the, their, quote, first three-down running back that has a player comp of Kareem Hunt hmm. coming into the league? That does not surprise me no. at all. I mean, this guy was a real beast in college at Iowa State. I, he, I don't look, see that comp. He, look, I, I like the kid, and he's a good runner, and he breaks tackles out the wazoo, but he's not extremely fast. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I'm, yeah, I don't think that's a very good comp. We're going to find out that's not going to be a very good comp. I think they might just mean it, Jim, in terms of the, the way that he can be used on all three downs because that's how Kareem Hunt was used. And, you know, Dave Montgomery, at least looking at his college stats, he had 71 receptions in three years at Iowa State. So we know that he can catch the ball too. I think that they might just mean it in terms of the way that Kareem Hunt was used, that he was a three-down back and he was, you know, he was obviously super successful with the, with the Kansas City Chiefs before obviously everything happened. But, uh, you know, he 
David Montgomery could do a little bit of everything, play all three downs. He can run between the tackles. He's strong, obviously. He can use him on goal lines. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. I'm, I'm, I'm close to Jim here thinking this guy might have the lo- most long-term success for fantasy. And look at the offense that he plays in. I mean, Matt Nagy, super creative guy. Mm-hmm. And look at the, the other weapons that they surround uh, Mitchell Trubisky with on this team. You know, they already, they already had solid receivers. They have Allen Robinson. They have Anthony Miller. And they go out and draft another Ridley. really good route runner in Riley Ridley, Calvin Ridley's brother. So mm-hmm. hey, this is a strong offense. Long term, I mean, David Montgomery could be in a great stop here, uh, a great spot here. I don't think that Tariq Cohen just goes away. Yeah, but at the same time, he's not a guy who's built to get fifteen plus touches per game. No, no, he's, he's not, not going to. And I, I wouldn't disagree with you guys that maybe he does end up in the future as the best running back of this class in terms of you know the entire career and stuff like that. But I'm talking about this year, particularly in fantasy. I would not shy away from Cohen too much because you see. A lot of teams have schemes where they have their, their, their bulldozer, their early down back, and then they have their pass catcher. And I think that's how it's going to go this year for the Bears. You have Montgomery in the early downs. You have Cohen still getting his touches. I still think Cohen's going to catch 50-plus passes. I don't see no way around it. He's just that good of a dynamic play. He hits home runs. You can't keep a guy like that off the field. It's that simple. I, oh, yeah. I, ask, ask Duke Johnson what happened to him then. That was bad. He should have been <laughs> traded. He's valuable. He's a valuable guy. He's like a Terry Cohen. So I think they continue to use Cohen in that same role. We kept mentioning Kareem Hunt and the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, Spencer Ware is gone. Kareem Hunt is gone. Damian Williams, who I, I laughed at when they signed him this extension and laughed at Florio when he said he was going to keep him, he's looking pretty right now. Because if you look at the depth chart behind um, Damian Williams, you have Carlos Hyde, who this team signed. And you know I'm a Carlos Hyde guy, but... Mm. Uh, Daryl Williams, and the only draft choice they spent on a running back, Jim, was in the sixth round on Darwin Thompson. What is there for us to know about Darwin Thompson? Um, yeah, I, I don't see much in Thompson that I really, really love here. I, I mean, uh, I, I think he just gives them a little bit of depth. Uh, you know, he's a short running back, but he's got good size. Uh, but outside of that, man, I, I just I don't know what he really brings to the table. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being, you know, like a, a, on the practice squad this year as they try to develop him going forward. Um, I don't have a lot of faith in him for fantasy at all. I really, you know, I've, I've been on Damian Williams since they gave him the first start and he looked like he was off the charts. I think that continues. Um, I, I don't think there's any reason to change up what, what he did so well for them last year. But, you know, I, I mean, eh, eh, Thompson, it, you know, he, hey, look, let's face it. If something happens to Williams, Thompson may move right up in there. And, of course, that gives you fantasy value just being on that offense. But, man, I, I just, I, I don't know if I love this. It was a late-round pick, I mean. Yeah, it was, it yeah. was a sixth-round no, pick. And you're right, yeah. the sixth-round pick. Yeah, right. Was think- it, but a lot of the, the, you know, what we call skill positions fell far in this draft, which we, you know, look, we, we talked about this before. We expected it, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of decent players, skill position players at running back and wide receiver this year, but there were no clear-cut standouts. It really came down to where they fell. Um, you know, Thompson, if he gets playing time, could be worth it in that offense alone. If he doesn't, which I expect, um, I don't see him getting a ton of work this year at the very least. Frank, are there any other running backs that were drafted that stand out to you as someone you want to highlight before we move on to wide receivers? Um... Scrolling down the list here, uh, I'll mention Bryce Love 
is an interesting one with Washington, also so, recovering from an ACL. So both him and Darius Geis, and I know Darius Geis actually tweeted out an emoji after they yeah. drafted Bryce Love, so <laughs> he was not particularly Pleased. excited yeah. that the team went out and drafted a running back. But look, again, what we've been talking about so far, and you know, this is just, again, April 30th, us talking about fantasy football. Every, everything in the NFL right now, for the most part, has been a committee of running backs. So they have Adrian Peterson, who's their veteran, whatever, like, if they need depth, if they, you know, he's, he's still going to get a few touches this year. But I think they're looking towards the future where they can have a dynamic duo between both Darius Geis and Bryce Love. Now, both of these guys, again, are coming off ACL injuries. So it's a long-term play for them. And I think Washington did a great job in this draft overall. Um, and I, I find it interesting. You know, just Bryce Love and, and, and Darius Geis together could be that formidable duo for the future, assuming both of these guys come back healthy. But at least for this season, Greg, I don't think Bryce Love is going to bring anything. But because, you know, Adrian Peterson is still in the mix and we don't even know how healthy uh, Darius Geis is going to be for this year. Mm -hmm. But long term, they could have a nice little dynamic duo here between Geis and Bryce Love. That's the thing. I don't know how effective Bryce Love will be this year. I mean, Darius Geis will solidify himself if he can come back healthy. More of a dynasty thing for me uh, in Bryce Love. Any other running backs, Jim, that you want to mention before we hit the break and move on to wide receivers? I'm kind of in, intrigued with the, uh, the the Alexander Madison pick uh, for the Vikings. Um, you know, playing, of course, behind Dalvin Cook uh, there, who, you know, has been injured each of the last two seasons. Um, this kid could be a big surprise. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, a whole lot of wide receivers to talk about. Stick around. More from your BFFs right after this. Made Sailors is the leading cleaning service in New York City and Boston. We service homes, offices, corporate apartments, and Airbnb turnarounds. Give us a call or a text at 212-299-5170 to book now. That's 212-299-5170. Use the promo code FNTSY for 15% off your first cleaning. For more information, go to MadeSailors.com. That's MadeSailors.com. Make it rain. If you were to tell Giant fans Josh Rosen or the Duke quarterback right now, this is a guy that can be a 10, 15-year starting quarterback in the NFL, and yet it could not have gone any worse to start this kid's career, and yet he continues to fight back, persevere. This guy is doing and saying all the right things. This guy's going to have a giant chip on his shoulder now. He already did, but I can't help but to root for him here, man. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. The morning after. It's sort of being exposed, and you notice the pecking order. Milwaukee got all the calls against Detroit. Suddenly against Boston, they're not getting the calls. Suddenly Damian Lillard's like, what do you mean? That's not a foul. That was a foul at all last series. Yeah, well, maybe, you know what? Last series, the referee didn't like Westbrook, and he was pulling for you. The Houston Rockets get calls against everybody except one team, the Golden State Warriors, who are at the top. They get the calls. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. Give me breathless. 
final few minutes of the Fantasy Best Friends Forever is live with you here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Greg Sussman, Jim Day, Chris Venture, and Frank Stanfield hanging out with us uh, here for the final few minutes uh, of the program. We wanted to remind you, as I, of course, like I'm an idiot, and I deleted the email that I was I needed to read from. <laughs> Sorry, Greg. Do you want me to send it back to you? I found it. You can swing for the fences playing daily fantasy baseball <laughs> with DailyRoto.com. Become the eighth Daily Roto lineup optimizer to win $1 million. In FanDuel or DraftKings tournament and become one of the countless number of other people who have won thousands of dollars. If you're playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter the promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount and you'll get lineup alerts, projected ownership percentages, weather updates, fantasy projections, the use of the same Daily Roto lineup optimizers that have produced millions in DFS winnings. That's the 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today. Okay, gentlemen, we hit on the running backs. Chris, with any of the running backs you wanted to talk about? No, I just wanted to say that uh, Bryce Love, I think I understand. Chris Thompson uh, will be a free agent in 2020. So I see where they're going. He's 28 years old. Maybe Love kind of replaces Thompson a little bit uh, with Geis, and they could be like a dual threat you know, running backs. Because Love is a shifty, explosive, could hit a home run type running back. And Geis seems more of like that pounder, early down guy. So they might compliment well, each Geis, other. In the Geis future. could take it to the house when, if he's, he's healthy. Talented, That's the right. problem. Well, I, I think the problem more with Geis is the fact that he's behind schedule in his rehab. He had, what, three extra surgeries he had to have to get past this, and he's still behind. So right now, they, they have serious doubts on whether or not he's going to be available to start the season. And I think that's why they went out and got uh, Bryce Love and, you know, to compliment Adrian Peterson if they don't have Geis. If they have Geis and he's healthy, then, you know, Love will be behind both him and Peterson. But I'm thinking they're trying to hedge their bets here in case they're behind on Geis. That makes sense. Mm Mm-hmm. Greg, I'll throw one more name out there. I want to get Jim's thoughts on him real quick, too. I mean, the Buffalo Bills have two aging veteran running backs on their team in LaShawn McCoy and Frank Gore. Mm. They go out and draft uh, Devin Singletary. He did play at Florida Atlantic, which is Conference USA, but 66 rushing touchdowns in his career. I mean, Mm. this guy had massive, massive production while he was in college. Uh, Jim, any interest in Devin Singletary for the future of the Bills, considering they have uh, two older running backs on their team in LaShawn McCoy and Frank Gore? Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, again, he landed in a good position, um, you know, because he's behind these older running backs. And, you know, there's people are out there out there already comparison, comparing him to to uh, LaShawn McCoy. Uh, you know, to me, he almost reminds me a little bit more of like a Charlie Garner in the way he attacks the game. Uh, you know, he's an undersized guy, but he can play all three downs. Um, he's tough. He can, you know, play up the middle. He can play to the outside. Um, and he can catch the ball well. So I, I think this was a great get for them and somebody that could actually come into play uh, maybe not quite this year, but definitely, you know, going forward, I, I think he's going to become a big part. Mm-hmm. Besides, none of us likes LaShawn Le- McCoy anymore anyway, ever since he, he's been out there leaking all these damn things about the uh, Avengers movie. Yeah, <laughs> Nobody likes him anymore. <laughs> that's that's probably not why people don't like him, Jim. There's a few other things in there as well. Okay, guys, let's get to the wide receivers. And I think the most important wide receiver I, I want to mention here is Nicole Hardman for the Kansas City Chiefs. Given Tyreek Hill expected to be placed on the commissioner's exempt list, 
Patrick Mahomes needs weapons. And Miko Hardman may be that weapon. He's a burner, and he's someone that could light the world on fire. Turns kicks. Yeah. Chris, how excited are you about Hardman? Uh, I'm not sure yet. I don't know. I, I think, obviously, is he, this looks like an obvious replace, exact replacement for Tyreek Hill. You know what I mean? It, it looks like uh, the exact, uh, well, it's the mold, you know, the speed, uh, the over-the-top, undersized burner. You know, that's what he is. Um, and I don't know. I don't know. The first year, I don't know if it's going to play like that. I feel like Watkins is going to get uh, a huge benefit from Hill being oh, gone. big surprise It only there. took us 46 minutes for Watkins. Venture to mention Sammy Watkins. Oh, <laughs> boy. He's going to have a monster year. And it's just stay, he's going to stay healthy. It's going to stay great. healthy. He might miss yeah. a game or two, but he, he'll be all right. You know, he'll help the yeah. Chiefs. I would have been one year early <laughs> drafting uh, Sammy Watkins. Or, well, you could say that every year. Yes, last Sammy year, he was Watkins, good. Right? He was good last year. Yeah, Nicole Hardman, uh, interesting guy here. Ran a four three three forty. So obviously they're looking for that that breakaway speed and someone to replace Tyreek Hill for you know those those down the field threats. Uh, over on NFL.com, they kind of compared him to to Tyler Lockett, a guy that can get behind the defense and and can make some of these big plays. He's a little bit undersized to be a guy that typically you'd want to be a burner down the field. He He's only five ten one eighty seven, so a little bit slight in frame. Didn't have uh, massive college production, but. Absolutely a burner. I mean, four three three speed. But I do have to agree with Venture that I think the all-around wide receiver that you probably want to own more so than anyone else for the Chiefs right now is Sammy Watkins. But you would definitely want to take a flyer on this guy. Or yeah, maybe absolutely. higher. Because, you, you know, want to flyer on anybody in, in the Chiefs offense. That's what it comes down <laughs> to. You, Honestly. Okay, I'm going to tell you this, guys, once. I'm going to take a flyer on Demarcus Robinson long before I take a flyer on Nicole. Oh, you're not on him. Okay. Um, Look, Hardman may be that guy, but you know, he, he, he's not as polished as Hill is. And you know, people expecting him to just jump into Hill's role and become that guy. I think are going to be sadly disappointed. He's going to have a, a few good games where he makes a few good plays. Don't get me wrong, but don't sleep on Demarcus Robinson. I think this kid is going to be a steal in fantasy drafts this year. And somebody I've been taking a lot late in the draft that I think has a tremendous upside, especially when Sammy Watkins get hurt, gets hurt again. No, he'll actually probably do better with Sammy Watkins there to take away coverage. Greg, Demarcus <laughs> Robinson, former favorite of uh, Blake Bealey. That's right. He always loved him. Yeah, Never Blake got a Bealey. shot with the Chiefs. That's right. Never really emerged. We mentioned the Patriots before and trying to replace Grog and trying to uh, replace Josh Gordon potentially as well. They drafted Nikhil Harry with the final pick of the first round of the draft. Uh, Nikhil Harry is going to step right in. Jim, how excited or not are you about Nikhil Harry? I like Nikhil Harry, um, but you know the, the thing that scares me the most is the Patriots haven't done a great job about drafting wide receivers. This uh, is their first 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 round receiver since Terry Glenn. That was 25 years ago. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, obviously they they want him and, you know, it's fine as long as Brady's there. Um what happens when Brady goes is what And Jared Stidham steps steps uh, up. I'll tell you exactly what happens when Brady goes and Belichick goes. The whole organization falls apart for about 5 years. As does That's their fan base, huh? Yeah. I don't think I wonder, so. I, wonder, I, think <laughs> they go right, I think they go right back to the playoffs. No. Oh yeah. Stop. Oh yeah. They need a quarterback then. Jared Stidham, they drafted him. All right, we'll see. I would love to see everything come full circle, Greg. And once Belichick goes, Rex Ryan is the manager. Imagine. No way. (laughs) He's been almost. uh, I I think what's going to happen with New England is they're going to go back and get Jimmy Garoppolo as soon as Nick Mullins starts for San Francisco. Oh, God. Nick Mullins, get out of (laughs) here. Anyway, Nikhil Harry. (laughs) He should be the first wide receiver uh, drafted. Uh, well, technically, 
in redraft this year, I would say. So I'm not so sure about Dynasty because there's a lot of interesting wide receivers uh, in this draft. And when you're thinking Dynasty, you're also thinking long-term. So I think Debo. You know, really, long-term, how much does uh, does Tom oh. Brady and Belichick have left with the Patriots? So you do have to worry about that when it comes to Nikhil Harry. But I do think in uh, redraft, he could play a role this year. But remember what we were just saying um, in earlier segments. We kind of looked at the Patriots as a team that's moving a little bit more towards running. They still have Julian Edelman. He's going to demand a lot of targets himself. He obviously has a great rapport with Brady. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to take some time. Look, it, it always takes time for rookies and new players for the Patriots to come in and learn their system. It's not you know, it's not something that these guys pick up right away. So uh, I'm, I'm pumping the brakes a little bit here, Greg, on, on Nikhil Harry, his first season in yeah. the league. Yeah, I can't invest too much into the into him this first season because you also have Demarius Thomas. Um, I, he's not going to be ready to start the year, though. I don't think. I mean, he's an older wide receiver who's coming back off a torn Achilles. I mean, yeah. that's a really tough right. injury. I'm not worried about Demarius Thomas. You're not I, worried about Demarius. I think Thomas? him being there is actually good for the development of Nikhil Harry because Demarius Thomas is a guy that's had success for years now as an outside wide receiver. So. He can kind of teach, teach Nikhil Harry some of right. the some of the ins and outs, teach him the ropes of the of the NFL and what you need to do against certain coverages, so on and so forth. Right. But uh, I think it's going to take a little bit of time. I don't That's know that I mean. Nikhil Harry is going to come in right away and just be the superstar that everyone's to expecting him to yeah. be. Yeah, he needs to develop a little bit. I think under these guys, Edelman, and I think Thomas will obviously have some sort of role. And you know, you got you got a lot of weapons in the you know a diverse amount of weapons here. Not everyone's great, but. You know how New England is. They spread the ball. I don't think you're going to see him be like a truly valuable uh, fantasy asset right out the gate. I would say that I would rather have Debo uh, Samuel instead because I think that is a guy that will have a role right out the gate because San Francisco Uh. desperately needs wide receivers, and this is the guy. This is the number two wide receiver on San Francisco right off the jump. Who's number one? uh, What's his name? My boy. Marquise Every Goodwin? time you yeah. say your boy, we wait for you to come up with a name. Yeah, you know my boy. Oh boy. Marquise, Go- Marquise Goodwin. Yes. Marquise Goodwin. Oh, man. Debo Samuel. No, no, no. no. It, what, what about the, the last year's rookie? Come on now. Dante Pettis. Dante That's Pettis. The He'll be the slot. I, I was on, and I love Dante Pettis, but now this money's the, the water big time when it comes to the San Francisco 49ers because I think this is going to be one of those situations where everyone's going to kind of take away from each other. I think George Kittle's going to get his numbers, but... After that, you have a whole conglomerate of different wide receivers. I mean, Debo Samuel, as cool as his name is, I do have some concerns about the opportunity here because they still have Marquise Goodwin. They just drafted Dante Pettis in, I believe, the second round last year. They also drafted Jalen Hurd this year, who is kind of a Swiss Army knife. You know, he played some running back in college. He played some wide receiver. uh, So he offers them a different look. There's Jordan bunch, Matthews. There's a bunch of different weapons. I think overall what we're looking at here is the biggest winner for the 49ers is Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Because Garoppolo has all these weapons now to throw to, but I could see it being, all right, most of the time it's going to be George Kittle, but one game it'll be Dante Pettis, one game it'll be Debo Samuel, one game it'll be Jalen Hurd. They're going to, you know, they're going to try and get as much out of these different weapons as they possibly can. And mm-hmm. I trust Kyle Shanahan to do that wholeheartedly, but... I think that we're going to lack some consistency here when it comes to the wide receivers. Tight end, George Kittle's still going to be really consistent, right. but I do have some concerns now, and it sucks because I really, really love Dante Pettis towards the end of last yeah. year, Greg. You know that, mm-hmm. and I was excited about him coming into this year. But Pettis think, is your slot guy. He's the slot. I, I think this, 
this kind of uh, oh, I, it puts I, a little I, bit I'm of a I'm just going to disagree totally with what you're about to say or did say. <laughs> um, I don't think what? bringing him in affects uh, what's his name at all. I, I think he he's already made his his spot on this team, and I think he's going to have you know his, his mix pretty well down uh, from last year. He played too well for them not to be a big part of this offense. Pettis, this you're year. talking so, about? Yeah, Pettis. I, I don't think he, you know bringing in Samuel has has a big effect on on Pettis at all. I think Pettis is pretty much locked in uh, to if not the number one wide receiver, then definitely the number two. Well, he's the slot guy. He's going to be the slot guy. Well, they, they have and guys have good on the okay. outside. In, yeah. in a Kyle Shanahan offense, that slot guy is he, yeah, very, he'll very get his. valuable. Yeah, no, he'll get his. <laughs> Actually, quite frankly, Goodwin is kind of one-dimensional in the sense that he's a little small-framed and undersized. He, he's just an over-the-top guy, really. He was getting better with San Francisco. Then he got injured. And then, you know, uh, at times when Garoppolo was out, he didn't really get a chance to really prove himself again. So I think that this guy Debo could end up winning a job as like a more reliable receiver on the outside that could get you the first down, that could get you the 10 to 15-yard pass, catch the ball, take the hit, and, and, you know, be that reliable receiver. I think Debo's going to be involved a lot this first year because these two receivers, Pettis and, and Goodwin, both have their flaws. They're not complete receivers. You need a complete receiver, a number one guy. He might be the future number one guy there. I think, everyone kind of, I, I think everyone fits their role well. You have Marquise Goodwin. He's the burner. He can take the top off the defense. You have Dante Pettis, who was a slot receiver. And Debo showed last strong. year that he can be a legitimate slot receiver in the NFL. Right, right. Remember, I mean, the final month of the season, you love Dante Pettis. Pettis was dominating. <laughs> yeah. He really was. No, he's and, good. You know, he wasn't going up against – he was doing it against the Seahawks. You know, a pretty solid defense. Right. So, you know, Dante Pettis showed that he could perform. And then, you know, they're probably going to have Debo Samuel on the outside too. Right. And then again, they draft Jalen Hurd, who's – their Swiss Army knife. They'll probably do some creative things with him. Kind of uh, reminds me a little bit of maybe the way that the the Panthers use like a Curtis Samuel. Give him a few carries. Give him a yeah, few right, targets. Exactly. Game. Right. Something like that. that. But overall, Jim, I don't think Jet that you sweeps, can. I don't think that like you can that. downplay the fact that they drafted Debo Samuel as high as they did for a reason. They drafted him in, in the, the second, second round. round. Yeah. I think they're going to use him and yeah. they're going to use George Kittle. So as much as I love Dante Pettis and I think he's a talented guy, I think it kind of. I think it puts a little bit of a damper here on overall his target share and what his opportunity was going to be because they drafted these wide receivers. Yeah, but I think you, what you're going to see is Pettis is still going to have pretty good production because he is the slot guy, so the middle's going to open him up more because now you got Debo, you got Goodwin in the outside, they open up the yeah, field, you got Kittle. Kittle's in the middle of the field, you too. You have both so of them, yes. There's a lot of mounts to you're feed, right. man. Maybe Goodwin is the and guy that— three running backs on the roster. We didn't even talk about that. All right, the running backs are Kevin one thing. Kevin Coleman but- and— you know, everyone's excited yeah. about Jerick McKinnon coming back, too. They have three running backs on the Which roster. Which is great for them, but I'm saying Goodwin might be the guy that actually is the guy that's like complete hit or miss. Some games he might have one or two catches because Debo's getting open, because Pettis is getting open, and they're the guys they hit up more. Goodwin's going to be very like hit or miss this year. Debo. No, I like this guy. I think he's – and <laughs> I also think – I'm not saying he's the best well, we receiver didn't even, in the class. We didn't even talk about my top wide receiver. No, we will. Draft. But I'm saying the reason why I think he's the most fa- fantasy valuable this year out of these running backs is because he landed in a good spot. Let's be honest. The whole theme of today is landing in a good spot. And he landed in a pretty good spot where they need wide receivers. They need about, a guy. How about a guy who landed in a better spot? Who? Harris Campbell, Indianapolis. Sure. Okay. I, I like, look, he's not the most prolific route runner at this point, but they can teach him the routes, but everything else he does well. He can get down the field. He gives luck somebody they can go over the top to keep uh, Hilton running, you know, short to intermediate routes. He gives him that deep pass play that 
Luck hasn't really had the last couple of years. I, I, I like Paris Campbell a lot, and I, I wouldn't hate it if you drafted him as your first wide receiver off this board in dynasty drafts or redrafted lists. Yeah, that's not a bad one. That's not, that's not a bad one. That was what I wanted to ask you about. The other two quickly, we have a minute to go. DK Metcalf with Seattle and A.J. Brown with Tennessee, Jim. I, I, look, I like Metcalf in Seattle, especially if we hear Baldwin does actually retire like they were saying it, it looks like, but it hasn't happened yet. Um, if he's really that hurt and can't continue, then Metcalf should get a big role. I'm just not a huge Metcalf fan, but with you know Russell Wilson throwing him the ball and how accurate and consistent he is, you got to like that a little more. Uh, I like that coming in. I love A.J. Brown as a full all-around wide receiver. Unfortunately, he lands in Tennessee. Um, you know, this could be Mariota's last chance in Tennessee, so he may have a new quarterback next year. I love A.J. Brown. Though. Coming into this draft, he, he was my number one wide receiver. Uh, I just don't love the landing spot. Uh, Same thing with Marquise Brown. But Tennessee uh, needs a slot receiver, receiver. landed in a bad place. Tennessee needs a slot receiver, and A.J. Brown is sort of a slot receiver. He could do it all, but he plays slot, and they kind of needed that because, you know, Delaney missed the whole season, basically, and then you have, you know, just what your outside guy, and Corey, uh, what's his name? Corey Blanket, Davis. Corey Davis. So, I think he could have some production this year. I think he could have some value. Entra, a physical freak. Remember the name. Akeem Butler with the Arizona Cardinals. There's a lot of mouths to feed there. Yeah. I'm pretty excited about him. A lot more like football it. conversations to have, and we're going to have them, of course, throughout the summer here on FNTSY. For Chris, Jim, and Frank, and everybody downstairs, I'm Greg. A great afternoon. We'll see you tomorrow, we hope.